Amen. Good morning. It's good to see you and, and good to worship with you this morning at Warrington Presbyterian Church. Today we continue our series for Epiphany, uh, Gifts That Keep on Giving, where we reflect on the gifts that the Christ child has brought into the world and gifts that continue to give to us throughout our lives. We've explored the gift of baptism, curiosity, and last week we reflected on the gift of service as we ordained and installed our new officers. Our gift today is the gift of blessing. And to reflect on this gift, we'll be reading the well-known Beatitudes of Jesus from Matthew's Gospel. Luke's Gospel also has a set of Beatitudes um, that Jesus shares, but they vary quite a bit from Matthew's account. In Matthew, these Beatitudes serve as the beginning of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. In fact, over the next several weeks, the lectionary will be walking us through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. So friends, I invite you to listen with open hearts and minds as we encounter God's word together from the fifth chapter of Matthew, beginning with the first verse. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of the Lord. And thanks be to God. So last week, I endeavored quite a task as a young parent. I took my children to the grocery store by myself. <laughs> after I bribed them with a donut, don't tell Marie that part. After I bribed them with a donut, I thought they'd be occupied for quite some time which would give me enough time to get through my shopping list and, and get on with my day. My, work, my plan worked great until it didn't. All of a sudden, it was as if a switch flipped. They were no longer happy in the cart. They were no longer happy in the store. They weren't no longer happy in general. They fussed with each other. They jockeyed for position in their double cart. They took over the other kids' uh, little steering wheel on those little race car-themed carts. I tried to hurry to get through the shopping faster, tried to calm them, but soon my patience waned as well. But then, out of nowhere, a guardian angel showed up. Well, maybe it was just an elderly man at the store who was also shopping, but that's how it seemed to me at the time. He smiled at the children, which strangely seemed to calm them down, and then he turned to me and said something I actually hear quite a lot. 
I remember those days. They're precious and difficult, but they leave all too fast. In this moment of frustration, uh, this man didn't seem to be belittling my own uh, lack of patience. If anything, he was commiserating with me a bit. But what he did was he reshaped that moment. He helped me remember, yes, having young children isn't easy, but it's also wonderful. And this stage will be over far sooner than I realize. It was as if he reminded me that right now, in this moment, I am incredibly blessed, even if I wasn't feeling that way at the time. In our story today, Jesus begins his Sermon on the Mount by telling his followers and all, this, all the people in this crowd that they are blessed, when it's pretty likely that none of them felt this way. Let's recap exactly where we are in Matthew's Gospel. Last week, we heard the story of Jesus beginning his ministry by inviting four fishermen to follow him as his disciples, to become fishers of people. Our lectionary passage last week left off a snippet in between where that passage ends and our story today begins. And this little snippet ends with this sentence. Great crowds followed him from Galilee, the Decapolis, Jerusalem, Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. This is the crowd gathered as Jesus goes up the mountain to teach. And just who is in this crowd? Matthew tells us it's people from the regions I just named for you. But not just any people. The crowd consisted mostly of those who were sick. Those afflicted with pain and disease, particularly skin disorders. Those who were paralyzed. Jesus began a healing ministry in the Gospel of Matthew, and his following grew of the people he healed and their immediate witnesses. So the folks in this laundry list of ailments that gathered in the crowd, these are people that were usually isolated from the community. They were deemed contagious at best and impure or sinful at worst. See, in those days, such ailments were seen as a punishment for sin the opposite of being blessed. A similar message is preached today by by, uh, preachers of the prosperity gospel, that God rewards faith with health and wealth. So what this means is that either you, or worse yet, your parents or your grandparents sinned, and now you're getting what you deserve. People wanted to steer clear of these folks, to be holy, to be pure, to be able to be welcomed in the temple for worship. So these folks were cast aside. They were often forced to live in poor conditions on the outskirts of the town or city. If you add on top of it that all of these folks were living under Roman occupation and the heavy taxation and very limited freedoms that came with it, you have a crowd of folks that seem pretty down on their luck. So how does Jesus begin his epic teaching on the mount to this crowd? By telling them they're blessed. And he gives his blessing directly to their experience. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the meek, those who mourn, the reviled and persecuted. This paints a little different picture than what we normally think of being blessed. 
Often when we uh, talk about being blessed, we talk about the high points in our lives, the Instagrammable points in our lives, the milestones, the core relationships we hold, the good things in our lives. Too often, though, I think our understanding of blessed is influenced by the prosperity gospel and used to think about our status, our wealth, or other things that denote our blessing to mean that someone else is not. Scholar Kate Bowler says that this understanding has blurred the line between gift and reward, turning blessing into a Christian version of the humble brag. But here, Jesus calls a whole bunch of situations blessed that we wouldn't wish on anyone. Jesus here challenges our understanding of blessing, telling us that blessing is not a scarce resource for some to have and others not, but rather it's an abundant gift of God for everyone through Christ. So let's dig in a little bit deeper about what it means to experience God's gift of blessing. The Greek word here used for blessing is makarios, and its Hebrew cousin is the word asherah, which is often translated in the Old Testament as happy. Think to the beloved Psalm 1, happy are those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. But happy doesn't really seem to capture these experiences Jesus is laying out in the Beatitudes. Makarios, asherah, can also mean enviable or favored, which I think gets us a little more along the right track. Here, Jesus tells his weary crowd of followers, hey, you know when you're suffering, when you're mourning, when you're ailing, persecuted, and so on? This is when you are makarios. This is when you are blessed. This is when God's presence is near. In our world today, we tend to think of blessedness as a status only of the fortunate. But here in the gospel, Jesus teaches the crowd from the mount that he calls us especially blessed when things seem at their worst. Jesus calls these followers blessed when no one else will. He calls these followers blessed in the world in which they live, tells them that they are the exact opposite of blessed. This feeling, this reality of blessing and acceptance, this is the gift from God, that Christ calls us blessed. These nine blessings of Jesus cover a really wide range of experiences these followers might face in life. Now, there's particular attention to those facing tough times, but also there's experiences that seem a little more open-ended. Blessed are the pure in heart the peacemakers, those hungry and thirsty for righteousness. So Jesus, talking and teaching for the first time in front of this big gathered crowd, people that are longing for healing, for belonging, Jesus seems to find a way for each of them to realize this gift that they too are blessed. So it is with us, friends, that whatever we might be facing at this stage of our Christian journey, a different beatitude or blessing will speak to us, and different ones will speak to us at various points in our lives. No matter what we might be going through, we can discover God's gift of blessing for us in that time and place. 
In this way, blessing is a gift that keeps on giving throughout our lives. No matter what we face, God is present with us. Through Christ, we know that there's no human pain or joy that God hasn't already experienced. Because of this, we know that God is present with us no matter what we're facing. And this God calls us blessed. It's easy to read these, these blessings, to read the Beatitudes, to realize that we're blessed, and then simply move on with our lives. But these blessings also require something of us. If you notice, each of these blessings that Jesus offers, he goes on to talk about God's kingdom and what that kingdom will look like. Jesus goes back and forth here between past, or sorry, between present and future. Blessed are the poor in spirit, present, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven, future. Blessed are those who mourn, present, for they will be comforted, future. Just before these blessings in the gospel, remember, Jesus begins his ministry with the words, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. For Matthew, as with the other gospel writers, the kingdom of heaven wasn't a place or a time in the sweet by and by. It was a reign. It was a reality of God's encompassing rule that's present here and now. The Beatitudes speak to this reality. So this ebb and flow, this movement between uh, future and present in the blessings of Jesus really serve as an invitation for the disciples to live into the kingdom here and now. For them and for us to receive the blessing of Christ is the beginning, not the end. The blessing is responded to with gratitude and then with action. What this really all means, friends, is that to be blessed means to be a blessing to others. Like the gentleman who I encountered at the store, my guardian angel, sometimes this means seeking out those who simply need to be reminded that Jesus has called them blessed. In this understanding, the Beatitudes can become sort of a roadmap for the Christian life, for those who seek to live into this kingdom. And it's a roadmap that can be summed up so well by the prophet Micah's words in our first lesson. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God? Soon we'll gather at our Lord's table where we'll be reminded yet again that Jesus calls us blessed and promises to nurture us that we might go out and be a blessing to others in his name. Remember, friends, Blessedness is a gift, not a reward. It's not something to be earned, nor is an apparent lack of it a punishment. Rather, blessing is an acknowledgement of God's presence and care for us through Christ. And this is a gift that's given to all. No matter what you might be facing or going through, God in Christ is with you and calls you blessed. Experiencing the gift of Christ's blessing moves us out to share and be that blessing to others. Extending peace, loving and welcoming all who come into our midst, especially those who are reviled and being excluded. May we find others in our midst who need to be reminded that they too are blessed. So children of God, be sure 
that Christ has called you blessed. Now go live like it. Go and do justice, love kindness, and walk humbly with your God. Amen.